Bianca Dykoff has red hair. However, that is not the only unique thing about her. She is a burst of energy and, quite honestly, one of the most awesome persons you'll meet. She was raised on the island of St. Martin. Her dad is from the island, and mom is from the United States. This gave her a very unique perspective, experiencing the Caribbean, yet having access to the thoughts and perspectives of someone that was raised in a larger country. Both philosophies on life resonated with her and shaped her view of the world. At a tender age, Bianca fell in love with the arts. She took lessons in violin and the piano, as well as dance. Along the way, she left the violin behind and stuck with the piano and dance. To this day, she plays and composes her own pieces on the piano. Dance, however, took hold of her from the very beginning and never let go. To see Bianca on stage is to be entertained and to be inspired. Whether viewing her work on television, in films, on stage, or in a music video, it is quite evident that she has a burning passion for the art form and is immensely talented. Her zest for life is undeniable. As long as it is positive and helps her to grow, Bianca will sign up for it. She is adventurous yet practical. She has her sights set on big city lights and global performances, yet retains the soul of that sweet little girl that was raised in the Caribbean. Bianca Dykoff, however, is not done. As a matter of fact, she is far from it. She has now taken on a new challenge. This is the story, thus far, of Bianca Dykoff. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30. She is a commercial dancer from a tiny but gorgeous island in the Caribbean. Bianca Dykoff, welcome to Planet 30. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Tell us what it was like to grow up in St. Martin. <laughs> I mean, it was the best thing ever for me. Um, you know, I grew up in a really uh, adventurous family. So I grew up, you know, going on hikes and going camping and, you know, eating out at different restaurants on the weekends, you know. So I really got to, like, say that I live both, like, as a local and as a tourist, you know, because sometimes, a lot of times as locals, we don't really take advantage of what we have, you know, we don't really go out and explore and, you know, see everything there is to see and do on this island, but I could say that I definitely, like, live, like, a full life here growing up as a Caribbean child, for sure. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. And so, you have an American mom and a Caribbean dad. How do you yes. think uh, growing up with that mix of culture shaped you? Definitely, I would say it was the best of both worlds in the sense of, like, you know, you get two different perspectives. You get the perspective of my father who grew up here and, like, understood, like, you know, how things work. But then my mom coming from the outside and having her, pers- her view of the island and of the people, um, 
to me, it's like I had the best of both worlds, especially from my mom, because I would say I was able to like see certain things from the outside as opposed to always being like a product of my environment. Like she was always that person who could like, you know, see things from a different perspective, like outside of like looking, looking as an outsider onto the island, you know? So I think that really helped open my mind in a way that maybe I wouldn't have been if, if I had two Caribbean parents, which is not to say that it's a bad thing, you know, but it, it, it shaped my, my mind and my views in a different way. Awesome. That's, that's very interesting, actually. Mm. What, um, what other acti- activities did you do as a kid? Obviously, dance was one of them. What are some yeah, of the other yes, things yes. that you did? Um, my mom was very much one of those parents who didn't only believe in academics. She was really, like, all about, you know, making us do the most after school. So, honestly, like, I had swimming lessons, tennis, like, violin. Playing the violin was actually my first love. So, I started playing the violin from a very young age. And then later after that, I started playing the, the piano. Um, but, like, I had so many activities as, as a child. Like, I was always busy, always doing something, you know. And, like, today I'm so grateful for that because, you know, it, it, it gave me options, especially when I started not doing so well in school and I realized, okay, academics wasn't going to be, like, my strongest point. Like, having those things to fall back on and having those experiences to fall back on really... um definitely shaped the person I am today but trust me I used to do the most like I was a part of like the nature foundation which I love nature that's like a huge part of myself that most people don't know but you know like from a very young age I was just very much involved in so many activities (laughs) so Bianca was with all those things and all those choices was dance always the dream or did it eventually become the dream like how did it how did it beat out violin and piano <laughs> dance was not always a dream and is I always tell this story because I think it's so important like I growing up like I said like I love nature I love being out in you know nature I love plants animals all these things so actually by the time I went to high school um you know in third form you have to choose a package either business or science mm-hmm. and so of course I chose a science package because I'm like although I don't think I necessarily knew specifically what I wanted to do like I was like yeah I could probably be a veterinarian or whatever but I just knew it had to be something surrounded by nature <laughs> you know and then I started like my grades started dropping in science so I'm like um okay well this is my life so like what like what's going on like what am I supposed to do if the one thing that I want to do with my life is like now starting to crumble Mm -hmm. you know but then dance became that that one thing that I would fall back on that would like make me happy like I was like this is the one thing that I could do that I'm actually good at (laughs) or at least that's how I felt at that time you know especially in high school you're trying to find yourself you're thinking about college and you know what my career is gonna be like and then the one thing that you love is like starting to fall apart you know and then that's when dance really really started to make me feel good about myself again and then all of a sudden I was like I think maybe I want to pursue dance, but really and truly, most of my high school years, I used to tell myself, like, don't even think about dancing, like, that's not a career path, like, you want to be broke, like, you won't be a starving artist, don't even think about it, you know, and then, like, here I am today. (laughs) And, and, you know, that's that's the message that comes down um, a lot of times from the the entire society, almost, you Mm -hmm. know? Yes. 
So and that was definitely a struggle, but luckily, like my parents, um, my parents always been very supportive of whatever choices I I decide to make with my life, you know, and they've been through the struggles with me, um, academically, so they understood like why are we going to send our child to college when this is something that like she's been struggling with, like let's let her find her path, find her way, you know. So. Thankfully, they, they've been so supportive on my journey because, like you said, the rest of society was like, um, is this a joke? <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to get deeper into that um, a little later, but I have a question for you. So, at, even at that age, other than your parents, who inspired you uh, in terms of dance? I would I would definitely say, like, my dance teachers, Indira Marlin and Sushaheen, um... I didn't realize until I left the island to pursue dance how much of an impact they really, really had on me, you know, but they instilled so much confidence in me to actually even be able to go out there and do what I'm doing now with, like, without their support and them, like, you know, just having my back and really pushing me to be the best that I could be on the island at that time. I don't think that even if I went out there to pursue it, that maybe I would have made it if they were not the people that they were. Like, you know, like, I I left the island thinking that, like, okay, I was good. Like, I'm ready for the industry. I'm ready to, like, you know, have all these big jobs and, and do the work and, and, you know, make my dreams happen. But then when I got out there, I realized, like, whoa, like, Bianca, you got, like, work to do. But I believe so much in myself because of them, because of them, like, you know, constantly just giving me lead roles and telling me, like, you know, Bianca, you could do this and, and you know, really pushing me. So it was definitely, I have to give credit to them for sure. Mm-hmm. So Bianca, if not dance, what else could you see yourself doing? Hmm. I mean, I know dance is not going to last forever. And really and truly, the, the more years that go by and I, you know, I've been working and, you know, making dreams happen slowly but surely. Um, I definitely know that it's something that is, it's goals that I want to achieve within dance. But I know this is not going to be my reality forever. Actually, my, <laughs> my, the first vision I ever had of myself, and this might sound weird, but like, as a young child, the vision that I actually had of myself was being on stage, speaking to people. And up to this day, like, the one thing that I also really love is, I don't want to say, like, most motivational speaking, because motivation without action is just, you know, getting somebody hype, and then there's, there's nothing that comes after it, you know? But I see myself as somebody who could, who will be a spiritual coach or a life coach for many people and I feel like you know once I feel like my plan is to actually integrate that within the dance community because at the end of the day like I that that's something that I'm a part of and these are people that I specifically feel need more guidance in certain ways you know because it's a very competitive sport and feel to be in and I see a lot of um struggles with mental health among artists in general so i feel like my future outside of dance will still you know be a part of the dance community but really helping them like mentally and spiritually dancing your way into people's hearts <laughs> I, no, I, I i can definitely see you as a as a speaker definitely oh, oh thank you <laughs> yeah and it's like it, it's been manifesting slowly you know like I've, I've been given opportunities 
here on this island at for me like when i look at like my age and the things that i've done like for me like i'm i'm super grateful for those experiences like being able to go speak at schools and like different events and i'm like wow like i know this is what i want to do but like why 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 now like why are they choosing me now you know so i'm just embracing the fact that like people people feel like this is the platform that i should be on to inspire other people so i I'm just so grateful to be having these experiences now because I know it's, it's leading to those bigger things in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Each step, each step. Mm-hmm. I know you spoke about it earlier, but tell me a little more. How how important was the support from your family getting to this point? Poof, like, a thousand percent important. Like, I, I literally would not be the person that I am today. I would not be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for their support you know like my mom especially like she never she never doubted me like I never had a feeling that she was like scared for my future because if I I think if I sensed that she had that maybe I would have second guessed myself and been like you know what maybe this is something that's not for me maybe I should get something more stable but she when I didn't have the willpower yet at that time to like push myself and carry on like to even have half of the experiences that I have now like she was always the one behind me like Bianca like home is always there when you're ready but I want you to keep going I want you to keep pushing because you could do so much more than you're doing right now you know so having like my sisters and my dad like everybody just be like yo like this is what you want to do like go for it I I really don't think I would have would have I probably would have made it to New York, but I probably would not have stayed as long as I did, which I'm going on like six years now. So it's definitely thanks to my family and their support for sure. Mm-hmm. How was it adjusting to New York from St. Martin? I know I know that St. Martin is widely considered the New York City of the small islands. Right, right, right. But, but it's definitely not. Getting to the apple. <laughs> Right. Uh, it was it was rough. Like, I could li- literally say, like, I was depressed. Like, because I was taken away from everything that I love. Like, my, my family, my friends, like, nature. Like, you couldn't see any sunsets. You can't find the moon. You can't find the stars. Like, you in between a concrete jungle. People walking so fast. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it was just so fast-paced. And then, outside of those things, too, like, getting used to all these characters and personalities mm-hmm. and like oh that was a that was a hard part for me because I was I was 18 and I was very shy at that time I didn't really know how to go out of my way to um socialize with people and I actually really didn't want to because I just didn't feel any genuineness around me like I that, that was like my first experience of the industry where people are just you know, faking their way through it. They themselves probably don't even know who they are. And I always, like, I'm always me no matter where I go, you know. So I have a very strong intuition when it comes to, like, people. And I just, for a very long time, for, like, a good two, three years, honestly, like, I didn't have any friends. I had, like, it was it was rough. It was rough. So imagine like me being shy, me not really being able to like push myself and say you know what, no matter what this life is about, like I'm gonna go do my best. Like like it was it was rough. Like I had every reason to leave, every single reason, you know. Don't so, call us. We'll call you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was rough for a very long time, and it really wasn't only until 
I left in 2015. It probably wasn't until 2018 that I finally found people that I could consider my friends, like my community of people. And it just so happened to be Caribbean and African people. And trust me, like I was not looking for them out there, okay? But I just happened upon them one day. I happened upon this community. And that's when I was like, wow, like, okay, now I'm starting to love New York. Now I feel a sense of home after all those years. The energy you put out is the energy you get back, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm interested here. So you're 18, you finally decide, okay, I'm going to go to New York to become a dancer. Now, and this is for people who may be in the Caribbean listening to this podcast, Wondering how they can do it. So, I mean, you just don't jump on a plane and, and end up in the city, right? <laughs> right. What are some of the steps that you took even before? Before, most definitely, yeah. Um, um, when I was, like, 15, that's when I was kind of feeling, feeling all this new journey of, like, thinking, okay, maybe I want to be a dancer. So... I think I got in contact with Nicole and she recommended Broadway Dance Center for like a training program, you know, for me to take my first step, get out there, you know, experience different classes, meet different teachers, you know, see if this is something that I really want to do. So that happened when I moved when I was 18. But before that, when I was like 15, 16, I went up to New York every summer for this huge dance convention. And that was, like, my first experience of, like, dance outside of the island. And well, What was the name of the convention? Um, it's called the Pulse on Tour. Mm. And this was, like, with the top choreographers in the industry. So many amazing dancers, you know. But it was just such a new experience for me, like, being around all these amazing dancers who are so competitive, who've been training all their lives for this, you know, and here I am, this Caribbean girl coming out trying to like, you know, have new experiences and meet people and whew, it was a shock and it wasn't a shock in a good way. I was just like, oh my God, like this is weird. Like, do I really want to do this? <laughs> mm. But for some reason I kept going back no matter what. Every summer I would go back, I would go back, I would go back, I would keep training until I decided to, to leave the island. So you had a network before you left. Um, I guess you could kind of say that, but still not really. Like, I met people along the way, but I wouldn't say that a, a, a network in the sense of, like, you know, maybe I stayed connected to them and those things led to other things. Not really. So, Bianca, is it better to have an agency represent you or is it kind of better to go independent and go it alone and see, you know, find your path? Um, as a commercial dancer, I would, I would, I'm going to give both sides. Um, I think it's important to have an agent because these are the people that have connections with the people that you want jobs with. <laughs> the these directors and labels and different companies they trust the agencies and the agents to provide them with professional dancers who are right for this specific job. But what happens when you don't have an agent, especially in a place like New York, when it's already kind of hard to get work, commercial work specifically, um, you kind of just have to make connections and know people and hope that they think that you're good enough to put you onto a job, <laughs> you know? So for me, I would definitely say in terms of like the big, certain big jobs I got was definitely because of my age and just having those connections and saying like, okay, Bianca, like 
you seem perfect for this role. We're sending you to this audition. Go do the work and book the job, you know. But then there's the other side for me that I got to experience later on in New York. Once I, once I started to really build my following on social media, that also brought so many opportunities and so many big jobs that I actually never thought I would have gotten without my agent. So there's two sides to the coin, but... I would never tell somebody, like, yeah, like, work on your social media, like, push to, you know, have this certain amount of followers so you can get opportunities if that's not really what you want or the type of person that you are because everybody's not a social media person. Like, people, some people don't like creating content 24-7 and posting it on social media all the time, you know? But it was fun for me, and it was never really something in my mind that was like, oh, I got to do this to get this. It was just like, I love social media. Like, I'm going to make videos, I'm going to post, and it's going to be fun. <laughs> and then my following started growing, and then artists started hitting me up for certain things that really and truly would have never came to me through my agent so there's two sides to it and i would say that both of them are are becoming especially equally important these days and i almost i kind of don't want to say this but i think it's going to be true within the next couple of years as we've seen it happen now social media is the new agent like you no longer really need your agent because if somebody finds you on social media you could be doing really big things working on really big jobs without an agent and i think we're seeing this more and more especially for dancers so yeah i mean this is awesome advice now do you think it's your it's your particular content or your style of content that drew people in to be honest i feel yes and i also feel it was because i finally like found myself around 2018 when i started you know making friends um and I became a part of this particular community that I call, like, the Af Afro-Caribbean community, which was, you know, the Africans and the Caribbean people. And we used to do, we, you know, we always used to get together and do, like, these dance hall videos or these, like, Afrobeat dances and stuff. You, you put out tons and tons of content and different style, uh, types of dances. Do you think that had something to do with it? Um, Definitely, yeah, because I feel like... I, f I found, I started to find myself and who I was and my style. And that's when people really started to like want to know who like BB Bad was or like finally recognize me for something, you know? Because those first few years in New York was my training and people getting to know me and see me. But it wasn't until I finally found something that I could identify with that people could finally identify me if that makes sense, you know? So I wasn't just like, oh, okay, yeah, that dancer from Broadway Dance Center. It was like, oh, that's the redhead girl from the Caribbean that does this, you know? And I feel like that's when I became somebody that people wanted to follow because it was just an interesting story, you know? Um, but it was never really like, nothing was ever really planned. And I think that's why I love really looking back at my journey. Like, it, nothing was ever strategic. Like, oh, I'm going to dye my hair this bright red color and everybody's going know me because it's bright red <laughs> you know everything just kind of happened and yeah this is where i'm at now but i definitely have to say it's because i finally found a sense of myself you know and i was going to ask about that you know in terms of your branding number one the redhead mm -hmm. and then number two the handle itself bb bad <laughs> i was going to ask you if that was strategically planned out 
No, nothing was. Like, actually, when I first started my Instagram, like, probably when I was, like, a young teen, like, my sisters actually came up with the Instagram name, because I was like, I don't know. And they was like, okay, well, baby is your nickname, and bad is actually my initials. My full name is Bianca Adriana Dykoff. So, ah. it just happened to work out perfectly, and then it just became, like, this thing, like, she is baby bad, you know? And then, for the red hair, like, the first time I dyed my hair was when I was 16, and it was actually blonde for two years. But then, like, everybody on St. Martin, like, all the, all the light-skinned, <laughs> curly-head girls started going, like, brown and blonde. And I was like, but I feel like I look like everybody else. And I don't feel like everybody else. And then, I don't know, like, one day I was just like, I think I want to dye my hair red. And that was the end of the story. Like, my mom was like, you sure? <laughs> like, I showed her a picture and everything. And she was like, you sure this is what you want to do? And so I went to the salon, and this woman ended up making my hair, like, dark red, <laughs> which was not what I wanted. Like, I, I wanted to go bright red, like, straight away. But yes, 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 pass, evolve. Every time I keep dying my hair, I got brighter and brighter. And before you know it, I just became that redhead girl, BB Bad. And that was it. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> Bianca, tell us some of the uh, forms of dance that you've studied over all these years. Um, well, when I first started around when I was like five, six, that was like ballet, jazz, and musical theater. And then in my teens, I started exploring hip hop. And I actually thought I was going to be like this hip hop queen because I was so into that style at that time. Um, and then when I moved to New York, I that was my concentration field. So street jazz, foundations, popping, locking, all those things are, are under the umbrella of hip hop was my main focus. But I still had to continue with ballet and jazz, contemporary, modern, uh, so many different styles. But then it wasn't again until 2018 when I finally found my amazing community of friends when I really started getting into dance hall and Afro beats. And obviously, of course, you know, growing up in the Caribbean, I already had exposure to dance hall. But this was the first time that I actually had, you know, teachers from Jamaica and from different parts of Africa that was really, you know, teaching the steps and the culture and all these things. And that's when I feel like I really found my niche. Although I still have to say up to today, I feel like jazz is definitely my number one favorite style. Obviously, if you visit my social media, you would see that it is like predominantly dance hall, Afro vibes. No soca? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, soca once in a while, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my walk-up class. <laughs> Do you think you'll ever go back to, and you, you said earlier, other than speaking, you know, you know that dance is not going to last your entire uh, lifetime. We may have the BB Bad Academy. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Bianca Dykoff uh, Theater for the Arts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I like it. And, and, and I, I say that because do you think you'll ever go back to violin and piano in a serious way? Um, actually, um, I never stopped playing the piano. I stopped playing the violin, um, maybe like a few years after I started. And I think that was more so because I just didn't have a teacher to, um, continue to teach me properly. Um, but I literally, ever since I started, I don't even know what age I was, maybe like 10, like I never stopped. And I, I also composed my own music on the piano. So wow. most people just didn't know until recently because now is only when I started posting all these videos of like all my compositions over the, over the years. Um, but actually now that I'm back home, I decided 
to start back taking lessons with my my teacher who used to teach me from when I was like super young. So I'm back in piano lessons now and that's more for like my, you know, classical training and theory and stuff like that. But I literally pretty much never stopped. <laughs> Do you sing as well? No. Okay. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Exactly. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Tell us about some of the commercials and huge music videos that you've done. Um, well, when I first got signed with my agency, um, Block NYC, um, a month after that, I actually booked my first, uh, national commercial with a Bluetooth speaker, um, from the brand Ultimate Ears. <laughs> and that had nothing to do with dancing. Like, literally, I was sitting on a, on a, uh, brownstone step and I had to pretend like I was beatboxing <laughs> and that was the first commercial I ever booked and then right like a month after that that's when I booked my first tour to go to Japan and that was like definitely one of the biggest accomplishments I would say still up to this day tell us about um, that um yeah so I went to this audition in summer um for this tour I had no idea really what it was about um, and then, like, a few months later, I got this email from my agent saying, like, congratulations, you're going to Japan. And I'm like, uh, like, what? <laughs> like, I never thought, like, you know, like, you have these dreams and these goals in your head. But when it happens, you're like, what? Like, this is actually happening? Come to find out, because the audition, was, the audition in New York was, like, 40 people. And I didn't even know they had an audition in L.A. But when we, um, when I met the seven other, six other dancers that got booked on this same job, the girls told me that there was like 200 girls in L.A. who auditioned for this job. Wow. So I, I was one of two girls from New York that got chosen and the rest got chosen from L.A. So we all kind of showed up in Japan not really knowing what to expect and then we found out that we were going to be dancing for like, I guess, the biggest pop stars of Japan. Like, I, they, they literally really are on the level of like Beyonce and like Drake out there but obviously it's on the whole other side of the world <laughs> we have no idea about what's going on on this side you know but literally I was like so blessed to be able to be dancing next to girls who were Beyonce dancers Drake dancers Justin Timberlake Madonna like I was like what am I doing here like I haven't even booked a big job like this yet and I'm here dancing next to these like seasoned professional dancers that been <laughs> on world tours with like the biggest artists you know accept then, it accept it yeah yeah i just had to accept it and i learned so much from that experience you know being around these dancers and to be honest like they were like bianca like we know this is your first job but don't get used to it because even for them people who've been dancing for all these artists they were like this this magnitude that we dancing at right now like they, they never even had those experiences like japan was next level the the stages like the, the way they set up the lights and everything, like, it was just next level for everybody. And yes. I'm just like, how did I end up here? And literally, like, every single night, we would be performing for, like, 50,000 people. And the dopest part for me was that, like, it was seven of us international girls. And it was seven, it was like a boy band, so it was, like, seven guys. So we weren't just backup dancers, like, we were, like, the main girls for the guys. Yeah, like, in, in the actual so, performance. Yeah, like, in the actual performance, while they're singing, and they also danced, too, and it was just, ooh, it was just beyond, like, anything that you could imagine. And 
the the only part that like really sucks about that that experience was that we weren't allowed to share anything. So we were out there in Japan for four months. We couldn't post. First of all, they never sent us any pictures of us on stage, any videos of us on stage. So we we it's like it's like that time didn't even really exist. Like everybody would always message me and be like, "So like, what is it that you're doing in Japan?" And I'm like. Like, I'm on a whole tour, but guess what? You can't see anything. <laughs> wow. I wonder what yeah. that is. No pictures, like, literally in in the stadiums. Like, the fans would not be able to take out their phones and take any pictures. And because that culture is just so respectful and everything is just so orderly, like, they respect the rules. Like, you look out in a crowd and there's no body with phones so it's not like you know hashtag beyonce world formation tour and then you can see all the videos and decide if you want to go it's like no you're gonna buy a ticket or you're gonna buy the dvd or you're not seeing anything that happened at that show <laughs> about to say because <laughs> that would not happen in the united states boy <laughs> yes exactly you know like people are gonna have their phones out the whole entire show <laughs> 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 or, or, or they're gonna figure out some way to to get a small camera in there. Yep, yep. Interesting. <laughs> tell me about tell me about your experience on Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting, to be honest. Um, when was the first time I got booked for Jimmy Fallon? I think uh, was it two thousand eighteen or nineteen? I can't remember. But all I remember is I I always come home for Christmas. And then I went back in January, and I was like, okay, you know what, it's a new year, like, I'm so excited to see, like, all the things that's gonna happen, and then, like, a few weeks in, um, I just got a random email from my agent, like, hey, are you available for rehearsal, like, right now, uh, because you got directly booked for Jimmy Fallon, and I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, how is this happening? But anyway, like, I text my agent back. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm on the way to rehearsal. And then I find out it's for Little Baby and Yogati. And I was just like, okay, like, this is dope. Like, I never had, I never, I never got directly booked for a job before that time. Like, every job I ever got before that was, you know, truly auditioning. So that was definitely a dope experience. And then literally later that year, like, probably closer to the end of the year, I got directly booked again for Jimmy Fallon. Um, for two different artists and that was because of my um, uh, connection with a particular choreographer and then fast forward into the next year was it the next year yeah I got directly booked for Jimmy Fallon again (laughs) with two different artists again and that was also because of my connections with another choreographer so the second time was um, with Gold Link and um, Malik Berry and then the third time was Skip Marley and her Oh, nice. Oh, I remember yeah. seeing that performance, actually. Skip Marley yeah. and her. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Are there any artists that you, I mean, that you may be a, you may be a fan of that you'd like to work with in the future? Honestly, I always put this out there, Major Lazer. Mm. Major Lazer. Um, because even, like, now, like, I mean, I, I always been choreographing to their music. I always loved their music from, from such a young age. And for me, like, that's just my vibe. Like, it's, like, techno vibes, but mis- mixed with the Caribbean vibes. And to me, like, they are one of those artists that really um, put the Caribbean out there in a, in a way that I feel like maybe we wouldn't have been able to put ourselves out there without their platform, you know? And I just love their music. So I always put that out there that I know one day I have to work with them in, like, some capacity. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So yeah. Bianca, but Bianca, does it does it get surreal still? Like you know, do you have to pinch yourself sometimes, even on stage, I mean, and say, "Oh my God, <laughs> I'm next to such and such." I mean, definitely, Japan was one of those moments because it was really like I went from like zero to a hundred real quick, and I was like, "How did I end up here?" And like, how are there so many people in this crowd? And like, what? <laughs> You know, and then I would have to say another another moment that I had like that was probably when I when I booked my first movie. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be in a movie. And then also when I booked my second movie too, because that was even like I got booked as like a one of like the lead dancers and just the experience of like being being in that environment with all these dancers and like you know just what that movie. What, what that movie represents, like, I was just so proud to be a part of that. And then also Chris Brown. <laughs> I mean, I would say probably with every artist, even Sean Paul, too. <laughs> what what song did you do with uh, Sean Paul? Um, It's called Naked Truth. Mm. And I think I did that, like, two years ago in L.A. But the dopest part about that job, and I would never forget, is because I actually... I was in I was in LA and this creative director hit me up on Instagram. So first of all, yes, I had one of those moments when I was like freaking out because I'm like, oh, like what? Like why is she hitting me up? <laughs> you know, like that's not something that really happens. Like usually they would go through your agent to like hit you up, but she hit me up and she was like, you know, I've been seeing your work for a very long time. Um, I'm shooting a music video this weekend for Sean Paul's artist, Cha Ching Ching, which is yeah. he's from Jamaica too. Yeah, Cha Ching Ching, yeah. So I end up on set and Sean Paul is there. So we got to interact a little bit. And, you know, he asked me where I was from. I tell him, you know, see Martin. And he's like, oh, yeah, like I haven't been there so long, you know. So we already had that connection from us both being from the Caribbean. And then I guess he had just loved my vibes and loved my style so much. Like he told the, the creative director after the shoot was done, he was like, can you please ask her if she wants to be in my music video in LA at the end of the month? So for me, it was like, wow, like he personally asked for me to be a part of his music video, you know, so that was definitely one thing I would never forget, and the next thing I'm in LA, and I have this whole solo in the music video, and I remember the first time I saw it, like, I just started crying, because I was like, oh, it's happening, it's happening, how is this happening, yeah, click your heels, (laughs) (laughs) not in Kansas anymore, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, you you mentioned two movies. Are, are they out yet, or are they pre-production? Well, obviously not pre. Are they post-production at the moment? <laughs> so one is called "Isn't It Romantic," and that came out um, Valentine's Day uh, a year ago. And then um, the second movie is called "In the Heights," and it was actually supposed to come out this summer, and it's based off of the Broadway "In the Heights." Um, so it's, it's, a, it's another musical movie, kind of. Um, but because of corona and everything that happened, they actually postponed it. So it's coming out June or July 2021. Okay, okay. Yes. We got to look forward to that then. Mm-hmm. Bianca Dykoff, <laughs> the actor. Uh, I know, you look me up on you look me up on Google. It says, it says film actor. Uh-oh. See, hey, but listen. Like, the universe is pushing you into, into that direction. You got to go for yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, it's probably because my, my actual credit is at, at the end of the movie. So Google probably took that as like a verification to be like, okay, she's a film actor. <laughs> right, 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 right. Although every other thing 
you see of me is dance, dance, dance. But anyway. <laughs> hey, adding to the resume. Yeah, why not? Speaking of dance, though, describe your style as a choreographer. Hmm. My style as a choreographer. I feel like I definitely always try to incorporate Caribbean elements, whatever that really means. Um, <laughs> because I never really realized it until I started teaching, um, you know, people from New York and they were like, oh, wow, like this is different. Like, you know, how you move your body is different. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, I never really realized before, I guess, how I was like, maybe like whining more than usual or like rolling my body more than usual. So I would definitely say like my style is definitely a fusion of my favorite styles, which is, you know, obviously coming from the Caribbean, I have that influence, but then also the street, the street styles, you know, like street jazz, hip hop. I feel like most times that's like my mix. So if you if you see any of my stuff, most times you'll be able to identify like, okay, it's very commercial, but still very Caribbean, you know. So it's different vibes, but all within the same realm. Here's something I didn't ask you: What did you? Uh, well, who are some of your favorite artists uh, coming up? Like, during your teen years, especially? Like, um, music artists? Yeah. In my teen years, hmm. That was like yesterday, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, like, I'm super musical, and Spotify just told me this year that I, Spotify, what was it called? Wrapped 2020, I don't know if you have Spotify, but basically they send you, like, analytics of your year right and it told me I, I discovered over like 500 artists oh wow <laughs> so yeah it's pretty crazy like i always been like you know into all genres all kind of crazy music you would not even begin to imagine but i would definitely say like my biggest the artists that have been with me the longest, I would have to say, is like Vibes Cartel, <laughs> Popcorn. But then I have that side of me. I also really like hip hop and like trap too. So recently, Little Baby has been one of my favorites. Um, but as a teen, hmm, hmm, I think I was very much into R and B as well, pop music. Um, but as a young teen, Eminem was definitely my favorite rapper. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Any uh, any local artists in St. Martin that you like? Local artists at at this time or like when I was a teen? I mean, anytime. Um, definitely, I have to say, Kenyo has like the most amazing voice. Tamilia, mm -hmm. um, Kembe, uh, King James. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, King James. There's so many of them. Um. Yeah, that's my, like my top. <laughs> just an aside, my favorite, my oh, favorite. Oh, D Colors. Oh my God, D Colors. I have to, D Colors forever. I don't know if you know who that is, but you Of need course to I know who D Colors him. is. Um, Dunzo, Dunzo, which is like the most recent artist, I guess I would say, coming out to say Martin. Mm -hmm. um, and he's the one who came out with that song, Reckless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's definitely somebody to keep your eyes on. From no, Saint Martin's definitely been churning out like a bevy of like dope artists. I mean, yes, I've um, I've had an artist that I used to manage work with, but they also mm -hmm. to this day are some of my favorites. Rec. I, oh, of oh my god, how could I forget to mention them? Top of the top, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as my guys. Um, top of the top. 
Yeah, no, Saint Martin is definitely one of those places to look to look out for, for sure, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. I want you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say three words, and I want okay. you to comment on each of them as I say them. Right. So the first okay. word is sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like what? What that means to me? Yeah. Sacrifice. I would definitely say that. No matter what you do in life, there's no way that you're going to get the things that you want without sacrifice. So you have to prioritize and decide what's most important to you. And that automatically comes with sacrifice because you're going to have to choose one thing over the other. So if it's your dreams over your friend's birthday party, then you got to sacrifice it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Second word is discipline. Discipline is definitely one of the most important things that's going to carry anybody throughout whatever journey they decide to go on um if you say that you want something then you need to be serious about it and go after it you know like there's no way that you're going to make things happen for yourself if you're just all over the place and have no discipline Mm -hmm. and the third is passion passion (laughs) i mean follow your passion follow the things that excite you and scare you and follow the things that you love like that's what passion is like there's i feel like true authenticity comes from true passion for something you know so i always say like when you when people don't really like know what they want to do yet with their lives like it's okay you know but explore different things like discover different things find something that you could possibly be passionate about and that's kind of your gateway to figuring out what it is you want to really do with your life Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. Now, Bianca, how do you move on from disappointment? This is a rough business. Um, you're going to hear a lot of no's <laughs> as compared to the yeah. yeses. So how do you, mm-hmm. as an artist, um, as a person, heal from those no's and move on from disappointment in order to uh, encourage yourself to push the next day? Right, right, right. Honestly, everything to me is a mindset. So if you decided, okay, you know, I want to be a part of the music industry, dance industry, like you already have to know, like there's millions of you out there that do exactly the same things that look exactly the same way, like what's going to set you apart from everybody else. And at the end of the day, for me, like what keeps me going is literally knowing that Whatever's meant for me is going to be for me regardless, you know, and I'm a very, I don't want to say nonchalant, I don't know if nonchalant is the right word, but I don't get too hung up on certain experiences, you know, if things don't go my way, I'm like, oh, well, okay, whatever, (laughs) you know, like, I'm not holding on to it, like, oh my God, what if I had just, you know, did this double turn properly, like, what if I had just put my hair on a bun instead of, like, leaving it out curly, like, what if boo 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 you know what i'm saying like we could go on forever and find a million reasons to like why things are not working out like what if i did this instead and really and truly like the experience has already happened so you have to let it go and you have to know that yes you're going to hear a million no's but what are you going to do with that are you going to let that determine your worth and your value or are you going to just say you know what this is the industry that i'm in these are things that i have to expect but i'm going to continue going because i know that there's something out there for me Indeed, indeed, love it. Mm-hmm. 
You, we spoke a bit about this earlier, and obviously both of us are from two of the smallest islands in the entire yes. archipelago called the Caribbean. <laughs> Sister islands, really. And tell me about the audacity and courage to dream, especially coming from um, a small place where people don't always accept the dreams of artists. What kind of mm-hmm. gave you that courage and... Yeah, and again, the audacity, that boldness to say, here's what I'm going to do, and then do it. Right, right, right. I mean, honestly, um, especially growing up in the Caribbean, you know how it is. Like, if it's not academics, it's nothing. If it's not (laughs) traditional, we don't want to hear it. Exactly, you know. And so I had so much um, resistance from the schools and from other parents and, like, friends like really like this is what you're going to do but honestly I I had so many experiences growing up that really showed me that I was a a individual and that I was going to be on a very different path to most people that by the time I decided to dance I already kind of had a certain level of confidence within myself to go against the green you know go against what everybody else was doing and because my my family has been on that journey with me like witnessing me you know grow up all these years just being the most non-conventional person ever <laughs> that enter red here right that they were just like you know what like we already knew that you were destined for something completely different and if this is what it is then we are going for it and i i think it's really because of all the experiences that I had growing up and also because of, again, the support of my family that it made me block out all the external noise and just go for it. Even even though, of course, I had times when I wasn't sure. Like, I'm in school and all my friends are applying for colleges and I'm like... <laughs> mm, yeah, t- I'm talk about dance. that because a lot of times people, you know, that can really break somebody when, when the entire uh, circle around them is doing one thing and you... you People get insecure at points like that, but you didn't. Right. I mean, I had to accept, first of all, like, my dream to go study science was a big no. So, and then second of all, I could not see myself continuing in school with things that, like, I didn't really like and probably was going to struggle with. So, for me, it wasn't even like I was like, oh, my God, so sure that I could even make it as a dancer. But it was like... This is the one thing that's making me happy. This is the one thing that I love right now. Like, let me just go for it because what's the point of me applying for colleges and going to continue struggling when this is not even something that I want to, a field that I want to get into, you know? And and because, again, of, like, my mom's mindset specifically, she was like, girl, like, if things don't work out, you can always go to college. Like, you don't got to be 18 going to college. You could be 25 going to college. You could be 30 going to college. Like, your life does not have to go in any specific way. And she, from a very young age, she um, gave me this quote from Henry Thoreau, I think. And it, it basically says, um, in a nutshell, I don't remember specifically how it goes, but I always have it, like, in my mind that, like, it basically says, like, march to the drum in which you hail, and that everybody's going to hail a different drum, but you have to basically, you know, march to the one that, that, that you hear. And she gave me that from a very young age because she realized, like, oh, this girl is constantly struggling because, because she's kind of being outcast and, like, bullied, and she's just different. 
she wanted to make sure that I knew that that wasn't a bad thing. She wanted to make sure that I had confidence and that my self-esteem wasn't low regardless of me being different from everybody. And I think that without me realizing it, because when I was younger, I used to be like, oh, I don't want to be different. I want to fit in. I want to have friends. I want to be like everybody mm-hmm. else. I want to be a part of something. I didn't like the fact that she was like, hell, this quote, this is what, <laughs> this is who you are. And I'm like, no, I don't want March to know all the drama. I want March <laughs> to the drama that everybody is marching to, right. you know? But I think because she saw that in me from a very young age, that finally when I started to get older and understand what that means, I was like, oh, okay, like, now I see why why she had to really instill those things in me, you know? And now I'm just like, I still go through certain experiences where I'm just like, girl, like, this is this is like my path. Like, I just have to accept it. Like, I'm not worried about opinions and other people and what they think I should do because I prove to myself every single time that I could just keep going and doing what I love, even though there's nobody else around me, well, from St. Martin at least, doing the things I'm doing. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, in all that, who or what inspires you today? Who or what? Honestly, especially now in 2020, I would definitely say, like, you know, I had so many goals, so many dreams planned out for this year. 2020 was supposed to be my year. Um, but I would definitely say that this year has inspired me because it's, it showed me, first of all, how much I actually really love to dance because, number one, like, you know, having to leave New York and come back home and not fulfill my dreams was a huge hit for me. And so I went through some really low points, and every time I would get up and dance and move my body, like, I realized how much better I would feel. My mind would be so much clearer, like, you know, like, I would just feel so good again. So that's when I gained really a new respect and love for dance and then even outside of that too like just being able to explore other sides of myself and really sit with myself in this time I would say it was definitely necessary for me like I feel like I'm I'm, I feel like once things pick back up and I'm ready to go again that I'm going to be a completely different person more confident more positive more joyful more grateful you know because of the experiences that I had this year not being able to really live my dreams but also find you know, I found other passions and other things that I love now because of this time away from just being baby bad on Instagram, uh, you know, chasing after my dance dreams. Like, I finally got to, like, really put the rest of my life into perspective, you know. So I would definitely say this year has inspired me. The Caribbean and back home will do that for you. And it being centers home you. for sure. Centers oh you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, definitely. And I see, I see that you you you're still busy at home because I saw the Jerusalem mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. uh, some commercials. Oh, by the way, yeah. the Jerusalem dance was beautiful. I mean, you got it, Aww, all you. you did like a wonderful job, and then the color, <laughs> and then the yeah, kudos to the entire team, the thank filmmakers so as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm still keeping busy. Like now, like being back home is great because I get to connect with more local artists, local companies, people who've been wanting to you know, collab with me in different ways, but never really had the opportunity to because I was always in and out, you know? So also, because of course, home is eventually where I want to come back to give back. You know, it is great for me now to be here and making certain connections, you know, finding my group of people here who have similar visions for the future of St. Martin. So 
in 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 the craziness of Corona, a lot of great things has come out of it, mm-hmm. in, including my 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 latest DJ career. <laughs> oh, you're becoming a DJ now. <laughs> yep. Okay. I am a DJ. Okay. <laughs> did, did you have an instructor going in, or did you kind of do it on your own? Yes, I did. DJ King Kembe. Oh, Kembe. <laughs> and honestly, it was the most um, organic thing that happened that really became the highlight of my entire year. Like, he just, we started hanging out more, and he was like, you know, your energy is like, you just have a crazy energy. Like, I feel like you need to be more than just a dancer. And I'm like, well, I am more than just a dancer, but, like, what are you trying to say? (laughs) And he was like, do you want to learn how to DJ? And I was like, "Mm, yeah, sure. Like, I always had an air for music. I always love, you know, all these different genres. I'm always that person that's like, pass me the ox cord. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So I was like, maybe I could actually be a good DJ. So he came over one night. And he taught me how to mix, and he was like, okay, so what do you think about it? And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Like, you should come back tomorrow night. And he's like, wait, really? And then next thing you know, like, two, three weeks gone by, and every single night he's over by me, teaching me, and I'm practicing. And he was like, I'm not even trying to gas you right now, but he was like, you you mix in better than half of the DJs that I know right now. Like, you need to have your first event, like, ASAP. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not going out there pretending to be a DJ, he was like, no, Bianca, like, I'm telling you, like, you are a DJ, so next thing you know, like, I'm on my third event now, like, I've been DJing, (laughs) yeah, I've been DJing at, like, this uh, hookah lounge, I got to DJ at this bar, and, like, people love the vibes, like, I'm getting booked, which bar, which bar, shout them out, shout them out, (laughs) um, Three Amigos, okay, and, um, 721 hookah lounge, and a bar, and, like, it's, it went from, like, you know, me just trying something new to, like, oh, my God, like, this was meant to be. Like, this is my new passion. And when I tell you, like, I love it to the bottom of my heart. You've got the name already. Like, You've got the brand. DJ BB Bad, you already. DJ BB Bad. You know. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's been such a crazy journey, you know. And I, so I definitely have to shout out Kembe for that one because, you know, it's, it's one thing to teach somebody your craft but it's another thing to like really put them on and get them out there and show people what this person is capable of because it's like you know now we getting booked together and people want to book me for certain things and you know this is like his this is like his thing you know so a lot of times it's like you know the, the time that he dedicated to teaching me and teaching me properly you know a lot of i feel like a lot of people wouldn't do that unless it was like are you paying me <laughs> you know but he just did it because we just had so much time on our hands and now like here i am and it's lit <laughs> that's wonderful oh my goodness i actually was going to ask you what the next big thing for for bb bad was but you just told me <laughs> this is it this is it and i think the most exciting thing for me is that like now i have like new dreams to dream you know like i've been dancing all my life so to a certain extent it's like not nothing new, but it's like I know exactly the things I need to do and where I want to go with it. But like now that like I'm DJing, and I'm like, oh my god, like wh- I don't even know the possibilities that exist for me. Well, you when know, you get and when you like, get back to New York, you know, God knows what's going on there. You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm just like so excited for this new journey, and like it would have never happened if I just didn't have all this time on my hands. Of to- course. To try new things, you know? Because between auditions and actual work, and you, no, you would not have had the time. No, no, 
and even if I did in New York, like it just wouldn't, it just wouldn't have been something on my mind. Like, oh, let me add something to my plate. Like, you know, I was just so focused on me and my brand and me as a dancer that, like, you know, I, I really wasn't even prioritizing other things that I had to do. Like, I was just worried about me as a dancer. You know, so yeah, definitely grateful for twenty twenty. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah. Bianca, when you are a hundred and five years old and you're <laughs> On your porch overlooking Don Beach or wherever you decide to put your mansion, when you when you look out at the sea, what would you like to say was that thing that you wanted to do and you did it? What is your ultimate goal? Honestly, beyond like any career path and like all these glamorous things I'm doing now, like for me, number one, I think is to to know that like I not only inspired but like helped people to to manifest whatever goals and dreams they have especially people from this island you know I I really want for people to know when they look at me that you know what she did it I could do it too and I don't just want to be like that inspiration I want to be the person who was like there um, tr- like somehow, some way, being able to like give them the steps that I wish I had along my journey to be able to make it easier for them, and you know, I just want to see more and more people from this island making it out and just you know representing for the island and just doing great things. I think that beyond anything else is like the most important to me. You know, to know that I had like impacts on people's lives, like no matter what journey it is that they decide to go on. You know. Mm-hmm. So, this is a segment of the interview that I call The Planet Is Yours. I strap on my space suit, I put on my oxygen mask, and I jump out into the atmosphere, and I leave you on the planet alone. Say whatever it is you want to say to the audience. So, wait, we on a different planet now? No, the planet... <laughs> You're on planet 30 alone. I'm not on the planet. What do you have to say to the, to the audience? Uh, 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 uh. Number one thing I always, always, always want people to know, like, I want people to really know and understand that they could do whatever it is that they want to do. They could be whoever they want to be. Like, anything is possible. Anything is achievable. And sometimes that really takes shutting people out, shutting those opinions out, and really connecting to yourself and finding what it is that you love and saying, you know what, I know this is my purpose, I know this is my calling. And to secondly, know that yes, with with your purpose and with your calling, there's going to be a million no's, there's going to be so many setbacks, there's going to be so many things that really tell you like this is not working out, you need to give up, you need to go do something else. Like these things are going to happen to, to test you but really and truly at the end of the day, for those who stick to that passion and that, that their purpose, like they're going to be the ones who are rewarded at the end because they stuck to that that calling. Like I, I truly believe that those things that we love the most, those things that excite us the most are really the things that we have to go after, you know? But we, we always let society and the way that things are control the things that we decide to do but honestly i don't want to hit 105 years old 
and regret not doing certain things because I was scared or because of other people's opinions. So those are two things that I always put out there. Like you could do anything you want and no matter what happens that might seem like it's knocking you off your journey, it's really just redirecting you and putting you exactly where you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. Well said. Now, I know we mentioned it a couple times, but Bianca, how do we contact you? How can you contact me? Well, Instagram, number one, at BB underscore bad, or Facebook, at Bianca Dykoffs, or my email, Bianca Dykoffs at gmail.com. Oh, and I recently made a website, so you can find me at Bianca Dykoffs.com. You can also find me on YouTube at Bianca Dykoffs. <laughs> So I'm pretty much everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Interesting. Commercial dancer, soon to be international superstar DJ, BB yes. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Bianca Dykoff, I can't thank you enough for joining me today on Planet 30. Yes, thank you so much for your time and your questions. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I had I had tons of fun. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Thank you, you too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Planet 30. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OnPlanet30. Like us on Facebook.com slash Planet30. Our email address is OnPlanet30 at gmail.com. That's O-N-P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y at gmail.com. For more information about Planet 30, visit our website, planet30.com. That's P-L-A-N-E-T-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. I am Crispin Brooks, and this is Planet 30.